2: Hey everybody! Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, sponsored by WinBet. That's W Y N N uh, Bet. If you can bet in your state on online sports, please do so. And uh, do so on WinBet. We appreciate their sponsorship. Jeff Erickson here with uh, Casey Bubba on Twitter. Uh, you, uh, you, you know, uh, Brian, how do you spell your last name? Or pronounce your last name. Entrek. It's
3: it's the full last name is Intrakin. So I just keep Entraken. it short for Twitter ah, because yeah, yeah, it's it's a mouthful.
2: Yeah, and I and it's always shortened. It's always just Bubba to me. So, yeah. uh, so I wanted, but wanted to get you yeah. official and all. Um, yeah, Bubba, so. Bubba's
3: just easy for everybody. I've been called yeah. Bubba my whole life, so we're just gonna go that route.
2: All right, very good, very good. Um, lots to talk about. I know you're a Giants fan, so we'll have a lot of Giants talk here. And you know, I haven't spent a lot of time talking to them. They're really interesting this year, so mm-hmm. we'll hit them up. Unfortunately, we got a lot of injuries to hit up. Uh, it's just every day. Yesterday, there was like five in the, in the span of two hours. And it's just like out of the blue in a couple of cases. Luke Voigt, for instance, had no idea. He had a grade two oblique strain. This is a bad one.
3: Yeah, it's, it's really, really bad. When you look at oblique strains in general, they already aren't great, especially for a power hitter like Luke Voigt. Now you go grade two, obviously, worse than grade one. So this just continues to get worse and worse. And he's going to be out for, I wouldn't be shocked, if it's at least a month or two months. And by then, what's his power going to look like? What are the Yankees? They might make moves because they want to keep contending. It's, it's very troublesome for a guy we've already had injury issues with to start the season.
2: Yeah, I've got a competitive uh, TGFBI team. Uh, had a chance to take Vlad Guerrero, who's Vlad Guerrero, who seems to be pretty good this year, okay. at 5.2. I took Ooh. Void instead. So uh, I don't think about that at all.
3: No, no, that's one of those that that sadly you just have to brush off. But I know what you're saying because I, I have I have a lot of Luis Castillo shares, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking Darvish, um, Bueller, I just like the runs anybody. go through my head. Yeah, anybody, anybody in the second is, round except for him. Yeah, that's like, a oh, man. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. So uh, yeah, bad news there. Um, they're they're just a weird team. You know, Stanton's not back yet. He's supposed to come back maybe as early as tomorrow. Uh, we, 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 so that's some good news there. I actually took him in a second chance draft. We'll be talking about that one a little bit later. Um, and then, um, you know, you know, Torres hasn't hit Sanchez is losing playing time, although looks like he kind of got it back. Not that he's earned anything, but Higashioka is he turned back to the player we all thought he was.
3: Yeah, no, definitely there. Like Sanchez, the average is better, but you know, the power that's what you're hoping for. But Higashioka, yeah, he's pretty much there to be Coles like catcher and he started taking playing time because Sanchez is that bad, but they're making it work. Torres is actually starting to hit a little bit since he came back from the COVID IL, but uh, as a whole, it's a, a Yankees team that has very much disappointed. A lot of these big teams are kind of disappointing when you look at the, the grand scheme of things, but definitely the Yankees. Oh, yeah. So
2: you're in, you're in TG You're, you're playing a lot of leagues. Uh, how are you dealing with the daily deluge of injuries? Uh, are, you know, is there, is there a way to cope with this better?
3: Well, just um, I guess say everyone else is going through the same thing. That's why I had to like tell some people asking questions the other day is we're not alone in this situation. Um, the beauty of like this NFBC league or weekly formats is you don't have to react right away. You can mm-hmm. try to hopefully wait for a little more news. Problem is, is you know Jeff is not all the news is accurate. Look at Bryce Harper. Look at Manny Machado, oh. Brandon Belt. Like all these guys, it's just you sit there and go he shouldn't be playing, but he's playing, and you got to play him because these are. Price Harpers of the world, like you're gonna play yeah. them. So it's it's so troublesome and you just gotta kind of grind and not panic because panic goes to overbidding and soon you'll be out of fab. So I, it's 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 tough.
2: I saw you tweeting on Machado today and I couldn't agree more. I mean, why is he why is I mean why, are, why is he even pinch hitting? Why are they, you know, the, the problem with it makes me think, okay, he's going to be okay maybe because yeah. he can pinch hit. But they did the same thing with Harper. Harper, my God, uh, that Sunday game yeah. in, in Dunedin was the worst. Couldn't throw. It was clear he was hurting. They bunted. And then they had him, you know, as the last batter of the game, he struck out. Took some, made some contact, took some swings. But you could tell he wasn't right. And it hurt just watching him swing.
3: It was horrible. And like he couldn't swing. That one, that one just confused me to all to, a big time. And the worst thing is like, I don't know how he's phrase it inappropriately, but these are like assets to the team. Why would yeah. you be wanting to further hurt your assets to a team that you spent so much money to be a part of your team? I don't your understand. Your most like,
2: important players. Absolutely. Yeah. You want like
3: Machado, you guys are in contention to win the West or at least get a wild card. Go put him on the IL for even three weeks if you want. You want him for September and October, not in May. So it makes no sense.
2: Yeah, none at all. None at all. And, you know, Phillies, I mean, Girardi coming out and saying that he God did it for competitive worst. advantage. I mean, yeah, so you won one game out of five. Good job, Joe. But uh, I felt like it,
3: Bill Belichick.
2: Yeah. And the thing <laughs> is, you know, they got another audience, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, baseball, you're trying to attract people. You're trying to attract betters, and you're trying to attract fantasy players. Like mm-hmm. it or not. You got to think about that as a consideration. I think you do. I mean, you're losing okay. audience share. Why alienate your most loyal people?
3: Well, as bad as it sounds cuz some people you know gambling not gambling. That's everybody like you have a you have a gambling sponsor. Like it's a big wave of the future of, of attracting more and more clientele to the game of baseball. You want to make the game for a younger crowd. Well, I hate to break it everybody, the younger crowd's betting on games or playing fantasy sports, at least DFS sports. So you need to start embracing actually telling the truth on certain things. I agree there's a competitive advantage but when we all can watch Bryce Harper, who was hitting the ball harder than anybody in baseball before that shoulder injury, now can't even swing a bat. Like, let's get real about this one, Girardi.
2: Yeah. And then I know there was a wrist issue too, he got plunked by a pitch. And you can see like the direct uh, co- correlation to that that drop-off too. But uh, not to belabor the point, but I like to belabor points. Yeah. So <laughs> there we go. Marcelo Zuna, that's a tough one. That kind of, you know, we saw it you know in the first game against Boston. And then you saw that the news come out yesterday That one's a brutal one. Uh, And he was kind of off to a slow start, anyhow, too.
3: Yeah, very, very slow start, but still hitting in the middle of that very powerful order between Freeman and Ozuna. And obviously, I mean, Albies, and you obviously have Acuna leading off. Riley's on fire. So he's right in the middle of one of the most potent offenses in baseball. And you you figured it it would start clicking eventually for a guy like Ozuna, but he's got those two fingers. They like one of them's fractured, I guess. Um, He's going to be out for quite some time which is which is bad it's really really bad and you can't really drop him but you can think about it in a 12-teamer but i don't think you can and it leads you to the point like where's the replacement value are you trusting ncr day are you trusting, trusting somebody's other options they might call up um it, it's pretty tough with like P- paches on the il2 so it, it's a big blow one of the like it's it's not just a lot of injuries right now jeff it's a lot of big injuries
2: yeah yeah that's, that, that's absolutely right and Almost everyone in the first round among the hitters has been hurt, except for like Jose Ramirez, I think. Uh, maybe Trevor Story hasn't been hurt; he just has has been disappointing. But yeah. you look at those first round hitters, and it's been tough. You know, Mookie's had on and off stuff. Tatis has two stretches on the IL, yet he's still like a top ten fantasy player. I don't player, know how he's doing it. Insane. Um, it's crazy. I mean, Acuna, you've had he's been hurt, but he's still produced, which is he's been amazing. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's crazy. Uh, Ozuna is going to miss six weeks. Won't need surgery. At least there's that. And you know, that's six weeks is a long enough estimate that it could go eight. It could go yep. five. Uh, but you know, that it's far enough away that, you know, one little setback could be a real problem.
3: Definitely. It could be. And that's the problem with some of these least, it was a fracture, I guess. Yep. So like the bones heal. It's the old theory. I'd rather have a broken bone than a sprain type thing. But still, you know, it's in the hands. How's he gripping the bat? How's he doing this and that? There's a lot of questions that rehab will help with, and I could see eight weeks definitely happening with a guy like Kozuna.
2: Yeah. Uh, Ryan Presley couldn't make the save last night. Uh, He's dealing with neck stiffness. Couldn't even turn his head is what manager Dusty Baker said. Uh, Are you buying into Stanek or Brian Abreu who did get the save?
3: Yeah, I would probably go with Abreu for now because he's quote-unquote the hot hand, but as you know with these bullpen situations, this you could drop this podcast in an hour and it'll be standing in the next game. So it, yeah. it's such a fluid move, especially as a guy that enjoyed Dusty Baker for so long, and so did you actually. Now I think about it, we both enjoyed Dusty Baker. Yeah. The way he handles pitching staffs, you never know. So um, I hope Presley's okay. Maybe get some new pillows. I don't know, but yeah, um, yeah not good.
2: Yeah. Um, so many jokes I could make that I will not make. <laughs> don't joke. Don't, don't touch any third rails. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll go with that. Uh, yeah, I, I think that, uh, and, and they're, they're off today. We might see yeah. Presley on Friday it might be a moot point, but Stanek actually kind of was really good early on, mm-hmm. hit a little bit of a rough, rough patch, both he and Abreu walk walked too many guys for my liking, but they're the next two in line. So yeah. we'll, we'll probably see a couple of bids on them this week. Uh, we'll see about that. Uh, Aaron Hicks, done for the season. Another Yankee we didn't talk about there. Uh, awful news there.
3: Yeah, horrible news. Like I was one of the many that was banging the, the drum going into the season because he's going to be hitting towards like third in the Yankees lineup. He's going basically free in drafts. We know the talent level. We know he's, he usually spends a segment on the I.O. from time to time, but still in the end, power, some speed. He's going to be productive never panned out. Now he's done for the year, which is, uh, just devastating. So I guess it keeps Clint Frazier out there. Obviously it locks Brett Gardner. And I was putting small bids in, in 15 team leagues, just because Gardner top of the Yankees lineup, you just play these kind of situations. And so, yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty devastating news for Aaron Hicks.
2: Yeah. And we knew Hicks was going to be out for a while, but this is way, this is the worst case scenario. Uh, but yeah, I, so is on my egregiously wrong list, by the way, I, I, uh, was taking him in the 10th round and 15 teamers, 11th round. Uh, I started to push that back a little bit because I realized I was out of step with the entire world, uh, but who also who saw more clearly than I did that he'd be at the bottom of the order and, you know, that it didn't have the confidence of the manager for that matter too.
3: Yeah, Frazier is one of those guys that just feels like a change of scenery and he's going to be a- – at least a very serviceable fantasy player, he's got the tools. It's just, mm-hmm. I think there's so much going on with in, either between his ears or just being yo yoed around with the Yankees. It's tough for a young player to get comfortable in a situation like that,
2: absolutely right. Um, and yeah, I just I saw him back in the middle of the order last year. I was like, oh, okay, he's finally graduated, but maybe not.
3: Yeah, you know,
2: <laughs> I, I might, yeah, you know, I'll go after Gardner if he's still available in some places for
1: sure well, because it, of this. It,
3: the weird thing is, is, is I don't try. I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy, but Stanton's out. We know Judge is just one little thing away. Like th- these guys find their way, and that's how Frazier's in the middle line of last year. So that's true. you never know. There could be a run where all of a sudden Frazier's there again, and he, he's performing for you.
2: I've held on to my Frazier shares. I have done that. So uh, it's
3: valuable okay. on that lineup. It really is. If he gets yeah. the chance,
2: yeah, it it, it really is. Um, okay, other ones. Lance McCullers. Purely precautionary reasons that he went on the IL with a shoulder injury.
3: Oh, no. Are you buying that? No, no. It, it terrifies me because he's been great. And I'm a big McCullers fan. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the backlash this draft season was how many innings does he go? And a great question because he missed all of 2020. I get it. But he's looked outstanding. Anytime you're any shoulder issue with a pitcher, you can't think that's a minor situation. I don't care who you are. And it's kind of ironic we opened up talking about like Machado and Harper, and they just kind of play them through their minor injuries. And now we got a guy going with a minor shoulder injury on the IL. So I, I'm sorry. I know they have an embarrassment of riches with Framber coming back on Friday. Odorizzi's coming back shortly. Even Urquidy might be back on Tuesday. So they're fine in that respect. I don't like the sound of it, though.
2: No, I don't either. Uh, Luis Garcia pitched great yesterday. He's going to stay in the rotation. They're moving Christian Javier to the bullpen. Javier has been good. I mean, he walks a few too many guys, walked six guys last time out, and I can see why he's the odd man out. Nonetheless, a teeny bit frustrating because Odorizzi hasn't done anything this year. Um, and I, 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 So I would hang on to Javier if you have him is basically, I think, the uh, rule of thumb on that one.
3: Definitely feels like it's turning into a Dodgers situation where some Phantom ILs might be coming up, and mm-hmm. these guys will be serviceable throughout the season. Some Rich Hill super blisters are coming, I can there feel it. Hentom
2: treatment, all that. Oh, we'll move him to the bullpen for a little. Yeah, Oops! Okay. Oh, a
3: little he slipped and fell in the shower today. We'll
2: see yeah, you later. exactly. Oh, hey, too soon for Blake Snell. Hey, come on, come on. Where are you on Snell, by the way? Uh, not, was not the whole shower thing, but.
3: i was uh, i was out on snell before the season started uh i know people said it was tampa bay was restricting his innings but the walk issues have been there the and we've seen it this year he still can't go deep into games because he's one of those guys that has really good stuff but he's just he's not consistent with his command and that's just not going to work especially where he's getting drafted if he was say you know five rounds later or something we could have a discussion but he's he's having trouble and um i'm glad glad he's not on any of my rosters
2: yeah. Now, I did a second chance draft last night, we're going to talk more about that. He went in the 13th round in that one. Now, so, see, that's
3: that's interesting. That's a discussion.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's an appropriate discount. In fact, I was yeah. mad because he went a couple spots before I was going to take him, and I'm sharing this team with Chris List, so he excoriated <laughs> me for missing out on him because he's still buying into Snell a little bit more than I am. But well, the, Ks the Ks are there.
3: 13. Yeah, that's the thing. Is the Ks are there, and he was a former Cy Young award winner. I, you uh-huh. can't take that away from him. So. Yeah we know that a run could happen and you're playing a second chance league. Like you said, we'll talk about it later, but you're looking for someone to get hot for a couple months. Yeah. And that it that kind of guy.
2: That exactly right about that. All right. Still yet even more injury news. So let's keep rolling with this Thor had a setback. He's not going to throw for six weeks, effectively ending his season is the way I look at that. Yeah,
3: definitely over. And there's again, they're calling this precautionary. I'm sorry mm-hmm. if you're setting them back for this many weeks, there's something else wrong with the situation so yeah thor's done for the year the way i look at it like if they were smart but it is the mets they shouldn't throw him again this year just literally go into 2022 but uh, yeah it's, it's really devastating news the ground came back the mets are still kind of in contention and yeah that would have been a big big help for them
2: more than just kind of because the nl east can't get it out of its own way uh I mean, we talked about philly briefly earlier they're just really struggling uh yeah I, I think that's the case you know Mets won today one nothing uh in the first half of the double header they played a seven inning double complete game for stroman complete game for marquez i think you tweeted out the you got the dk complete game bonus there six, for Mar- four, marquez six, six innings <laughs> yeah uh so they don't discount like the the award for a, a complete game and a shortened game
3: no, I don't think they their algorithms capable of uh deviating between the two types of uh games. It's really it's one of the kind of loopholes in the deal. Like the batters you kind of don't want because it's a shorter game, fewer at bats potentially. Right. But you get the flip side of it and you're just like, yeah, go run with it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's true. That's true. Uh, a couple more injury uh, news that items to talk about. Uh
2: you know, we a lot of Astros. Uh Jordan Alvarez, another guy, uh, has been slumping a little bit lately. And now he's he, he missed yesterday with an injury too.
3: It makes you wonder if this wrist injury has been going on for a little while because he wasn't, he was another guy that was smoking the baseball, you know, with the series in Oakland and a few others. And then he just quieted down tremendously and it was kind of confusing. And he's a guy that we know there's injury history, but I don't remember a wrist injury unless I'm forgetting something. So again, power hitter with a wrist injury is never a good thing. So I'm curious to see where this one heads. 0 for 13 with eight Ks in his last four games. Uh,
2: Got him at a little bit of a discount in the main event. Uh, I think I got him maybe at his low even, too. And for a while, like, hey, good job, Jeff. Pat myself on the back. And uh, not so much anymore. Now, that's that's also team injury. It's just so depressing. You know, in the NFPC format where you don't have IL spots, oh, and you man. have to make these cuts. I mean, everybody has to make them, but this week in particular was rough. You know, it's just like eight guys are hurt. you. By definition, I don't want to have dead spots, so got to cut some guys I like.
3: It's been very, very difficult. I know everyone's, you know, tweeting out pictures of their briefcases on their bench and everything, mm-hmm. and it's, it's sad but true. And we're we're all there, and it's gotten to the point where it's like, okay, do I finally pull the pin on this guy? Even though I know if he comes back healthy, I'm gonna, it's gonna burn me somewhere along the way. But you have to live for today. That's like the model you might have to just go with: live for right. today. Yeah, and you just
2: have to remind yourself you're not cutting him forever. You could cut him just for this next two weeks and pick him back up. Uh, you need the spot right now. You got to have a Mister right now. Yep, exactly. Mr. Right now is better than Mr. Next time. <laughs> I don't have any Cody Bellinger in my life, uh, but he could be coming back this weekend. Uh, what are your expectations for him coming forward?
3: Yeah, no Cody Bellinger for me either. Uh, we know what he is for the most part. Pretty good power hitter. He'll run, which is a benefit of him, especially at first base. If he's still eligible there in your league, that's kind of up for debate for some. But the average just continues to kind of underperform. But then again, in this era of baseball, it might not be underperforming. So um right. I think there's a lot to like there, especially with the ever-changing landscape. And you and Scott talk about it a lot in 15-team leagues. The outfield is so just void on the waiver wire. <sighs> this is a massive acquisition at the end of May.
2: Yeah, it's really wild how thin the outfield has been. Doing that draft last night, same thing. I was like, huh, I got to get more outfielders. Usually like, okay, I can find outfielders I like in the 20th round. They're plentiful. You know, David Peralta is just waiting for me all the time. You know, David Peralta is <laughs> yeah. like, 10th round now and at least in this it was too it's like wow it's really tough you really have to find some buy lows you gotta take some chances on playing time all that
3: that's yeah, pretty crazy because i remember back in march or so you're like oh i can wait on outfielders there's so many outfielders no big deal and yeah it's it's pretty pretty bad right now i'm thinking you know kai tom was rostered and once jake bowers was a popular edition a couple weeks ago it's, it's not pretty right now they're popular cuts now Yeah, it's very
0: popular yeah Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply. Need to hire you need indeed.
2: Um, and, if I, and that's the thing is you just have to kind of, you know, be ruthless sometimes in cutting the bottom guys. You're going to make mistakes. I think oh, yeah. you know, a good player realizes that and make, you know, is better at fi- finding the talent. Take that chance on the, an emerging talent. You're going to have some churn. You'll make some mistakes. Hopefully, Vlad Settler doesn't swoop in and take all of your mistakes, but uh, as, as the case has been for me in my main, uh, one of my two mains at least. Uh, so we'll, we'll deal with that, but uh, yeah. it's fine. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just yeah. and you're going to have some aces in your league. All right, before we move on and talk second chance leagues in detail, a little bit more quick note from our uh, Livewire sponsors uh, here. Uh, we'll be right back.
1: See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. indeed.com slash blue wire offer valid through june 30th terms and conditions apply
2: and we're back if you're streaming you didn't get to hear them sorry bummer for you but uh, we'll see uh this i I, yeah i you know we're talking about you know waiver wire tactics and all this and this is an interesting question i'm gonna i'll throw i'm gonna we'll talk second chance in a second here, but i want to get this question answered real quick what do you think about the idea of kicking back Yimi Garcia to drain some fab from your league if you already have three other closers?
3: That's not a bad idea because everyone's so thirsty for closers. It's kind of quieted down a little the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. but you know how it was, Jeff. The first four or five weeks, there's multiple $100 bids going out there for closers that aren't even closing anymore. So I think that's actually a sneaky, interesting strategy because you're pretty good in uh, saves. It would stink, obviously, if something changed, but you've already bulked up you know, 30-something saves, which... In this era, that's already probably halfway to the gold mark that you want to get to. I think that's a very intriguing option.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think the danger is, is say, if this is, a, I, I'm, I'm assuming this is a 12. I can't imagine a 15 having yeah. all four, but if, if, if you do, if it's a 15, God bless you. I mean, even better. Yeah. But in a 12, the danger is 12s are weird. In fact, we've very talked weird. about this a lot of time in the Wire Online Championship, how there is, you know, there, there's a lack of, you know, people that are on it every single week. There's a lack of, you know, rea- I want to say reality, but a lack of you know regularity to the bids. So the threat is that only two people in your league notice, and they get a windfall, and it happens to be your competitor that really needs saves. I mean that that's the downside to this a little bit.
3: It's a good point. That's a good point because you could be in the end, you could be definitely helping the guy that's sitting right next to you in the standings take a, take a leap. So that is a tough spot. Um, I would say he's at least on the list of drops if you're in need because of injuries. Sure. Mm-hmm. But it's an interesting strategy from both sides of the fence that uh, I never really thought about until you proposed the question.
2: All right. So I did the uh, the NFBC's Second Chance uh, League's uh, draft starts. I uh, did the draft on Wednesday night last night. Uh, the stats run from Memorial Day onto the regular season. There's weekly moves. There's fab. Uh, and there's an overall contest in addition to the individual league. Um, and I, I it's, it's fun to see the results because there was no other – drafts yet in this contest that had run it was the very first one of them fresh powder completely no adp whatsoever so trying to figure out where these guys go is just it it is super fun but super challenging too
3: yeah i'm just mesmerized i was looking at this board um last night actually and for my show i got coming up tonight i actually put it on as a a late topic as well just because it's interesting to see Mm -hmm. these different names going out there because it's like with all the injuries, are we panicking and getting more pitchers? Or who's moving up that really wasn't even on the radar before? Right. Like you have Jared Walshman in the fourth round. He's kind of like Jesse Winker second round pick. Like these are very, very interesting and, and not that they don't deserve it by any means. Just it's fun to see these kind of mixes and matches. And that's why I'm kind of like worried to even try a draft like this. It's, I'm, I'm more of a conservative player uh, at heart. So you kind of have to take some chances here.
2: Well, yeah. And on both sides of the coin, whether it's the overperformers or it's the slumpers. You know, when do you take Christian Yelich? When do you take Francisco Lindor? When do you take Luis Castillo? You already have him. Do you want another bite of that apple?
3: Yeah, that's the scary part. I probably don't, but then it's the old theory. It's like, I've already dealt with the worst, hopefully. So do I want to enjoy the the better? Hopefully. But uh, we'll see how that goes.
2: Yeah. um, The thing in Castillo specifically, I mean, it's been vetted pretty thoroughly, but, you know, the the velocity's basically come back. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's gotten a lot of Ks. Uh, It's... One of those where you're you're wondering, like, okay, how how much of a chance do I want to take? I think I did want to get him. I, I I thought I could get him around pick 150. My problem was I didn't shut up. I didn't say I should have just let that Twitter thread go, not said anything, <laughs> and then maybe I would have got him because he went at pick 11 8, two pick or 11 seven, about three picks before I was about to take him, I think, or at least in those set of picks. I think I would have got him at that that rate. But because I honestly said, Oh, I, I'm in at around 150 someone went a little earlier than 150
3: yeah and it's i think it's a great value or at least attempted value in the uh, 11th round for a guy we we saw going you know at the one two turn or at least late second round somewhere in that range mm-hmm. in a lot of drafts in uh, the end of march I, I think it's worth the gamble at that point because you look at you know paddock you got stroman th- that range of pitcher he fits that mold but also could have a higher ceiling too
2: yeah uh Cameron was asking about uh, m- about michael conforto first of all he went at pick 29-11 in this draft. 30-round draft, 12-team league. I, I that shows I mean, he's gonna be out a month. That's that's the thing we don't know. He's an underperformer and he's hurt. So there's two strikes against him. Um, there's no IL spot, so you can't just stash him. In a league where you have IL spots is a little bit different, but he was probably in over his skis in terms of batting average last year. Uh two month sample, ran hot. He did use all the field, but you know, this year he's not getting that. Uh, what do you think about Michael Conforto?
3: You know he ran very hot last year. His BABIP was through the roof, um, and that definitely helped with his overall production. I think he's a good ball player. I think he's often overvalued in drafts for the reasons we both just kind of said there. And the the thing with this is you're on such a you're like in a sprint season. We're back to almost it's not sixty games, but it's more of a sprint than mm-hmm. we're used to, where you can, you need those roster spots. We've seen how valuable they are already, and that was just trying to hold the guy for two months with the four months left. Now you're really pigeonholing yourself kind of. So I get it where you took him at. That makes sense after we talked about how, you know, shallow the outfield free agent market is these days. But I'm just, I'm not overly confident, you know, uh, hamstring injuries. He doesn't run a lot, which is good, but I'm still kind of concerned about that one.
2: Yeah, I am too. Um, You know, honestly, I kind of forgot about him last night. You know, that's the thing. is like I had our earned auction values. I had early cheat sheets and all that. I tried to meld the two, but, when you're kind of going in the middle of that draft, it, it's hard to keep kind of track everything a little mm-hmm. bit there, and sometimes you you, you forget about a guy. Uh, so good on him, good on team two for uh, seeing the value. I think in that spot, at that price, I mean, yeah, absolutely twenty nine. It was twenty nine two, not twenty nine eleven, but because uh, it's an odd, odd number round, but still really nice uh, value on that. The other question with the, these type of leagues is, you know, you know, strategy wise. Do you load up on the pitchers? Pitchers have been a far safer, more secure investment so far, especially these aces. Do you want to pound them so you don't get stuck trying to stream as much? I had Dalton, Dalton Del Don was in this league. He was team five. He's been, every league he's done, he's loaded up on pitchers early. We knew he was going to do it here. Rob Silver is in this league. Rob Cramutola, who does a lot of leagues, is in this. Uh, You know, there are a lot of people that are doing that. And four of the top five teams loaded up on pitchers early. You're sitting at the back of the draft. Do you try to keep up with the Joneses or do you kind of zig away? How do you, what tactically, how do you handle that?
3: That's such a fun question because you sit there and you try not to panic, but you're watching literally like you look at (laughs) four of these teams, like you mentioned, it's just, it's the old yellow brick road as a DVR says, and you don't want to be left hanging at the same time. You got these hitters that, you know, just are dropping right to you. So I like how um, some of these teams did it, you know, grab one, or two here and there. Don't go like you did. You you went Betts then Woodruff. You took Story Endeavors, then you went Kimbrel. So you kind of covered your bases without you know going all in one way or the other. Uh, and you you got the the big bats like getting Story to fall in round three, Endeavors around four is tremendous. And that yeah. fell because of all the other pitchers that went. So you took advantage of what they did. Uh, I don't know who picked right after you, but they didn't take a pitcher until looks like round twelve. Okay, so, so
2: yeah. <laughs> I, I tweeted out this grid, and there's this. The guy didn't show up. He was auto picked, oh. and so the default ranking in this is based on uh, the the cut line, an FBC cut line points league. Uh, it was how the default ranks went. It wasn't by ADP, wasn't by any other sort of system. It wasn't even for a categorical style league. So, hitter in their system, the hitters were all ranking higher than the pitchers, which is interesting, and so. He didn't get a pitcher until round 19, and it was Kyle Gibson.
3: Oh, and they're all injured pitchers almost. Yeah. Oh, my goodness! Gibson, Kluver, <laughs>
2: Duffy, who just had a, a yeah, Inoa.
3: Um, oh, no, please yeah. sack.
2: <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah, it, it, it's it's it, it would have been an interesting team in a way, an interesting experiment. What happens when you load up on all the hitters because mm-hmm. and all the highly performing hitters, too, by that for that, matter. Oh,
3: yeah,
2: um, Castellano, Semyon, Adelis Garcia in the fourth, which. I want to know who would, where would Garcia go? But this won't tell us anything. No. So the ADP is going to be a little skewed, unfortunately. Uh, But it, it is kind of fascinating in a way just to see how his hitting is going to stack up. But the pitching is just dead man walking. He doesn't have a closer. He just, he doesn't have, he only has nine pitchers, I think.
3: Uh, yeah, he, he's, he's done. He's going to be dropping a lot of guys this weekend.
2: Always show up for your drafts, people. uh, yep. Or at least set your queue a little bit. So Something. you don't get screwed that, that way. But yeah, other than that, it would have been interesting to see like team twelve also waited on the pitchers. Yeah. I, I I felt like I was a step behind the whole way.
3: And that, that's the hard feeling of it. When you see all that stuff go, it's like, oh no, but you see yeah. all the value bats, and as as much as they've been injured, and anybody can get injured at any moment. So that yeah. that's the hard part of it. So you can't sit there and just think, okay, you know, all the pitchers are healthy and the hitters aren't. You can't go with that philosophy. But you got productive pitchers while getting stud potential hitters that are just falling. I think that's an intriguing way to do it, like the zigzag uh, right. philosophy. And, and it works for a lot of people if you know what you're doing with the player pool. And uh, and and I guess part of the advantage of these early drafts is there is no ADP. So right. Right. you can totally be like, you know what, I have my list, and it might be completely different than everybody else's. So that helps yeah. a lot too. Yeah, and I saw such a yellow wall at the beginning, front half of the draft. <laughs> I thought I was at a uh, Dortmund
2: game. Uh, so uh, I yeah. – yeah, there'll be like five people that get that reference, yeah. maybe, or maybe I, I'm underestimating my audience there in terms of uh Bundesliga fandom, but uh, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> um, I do love Dortmund, uh, Pulisic played there, I love their style of play. But are you a soccer fan at
3: all? I'm not like a diehard, but I enjoy the game. I've started to slowly like I can sit and watch it now and like go live mm-hmm. when uh, my wife and I went on our honeymoon over to Europe. I went and I made sure while we were there, uh, we were in Paris for a couple days, we went to a PSG game. Nice. Um, as a sports fan, I'm like I gotta go experience European soccer. So, yeah. I, they were playing when we were there, so we went to that game. It was it was really cool, and I've I've learned the rules throughout the years now and everything, and uh, I, I appreciate the game much more than I did probably ten years ago. So yeah. I'm there. I'm not like a diehard. I don't wake up at, you know, six in the morning, our time to start watching games. But I, I do appreciate the game.
2: That, that record button works just fine. Uh, <laughs> you you go. Know, Very true. You go that route. Um, and you have a kid now. So uh, you, yeah. when, boy or girl? Baby girl. Baby girl. Okay, cool. When she gets older and starts playing, you'll be coaching. And now you get yeah. that's that's what got me into the game. Actually, I played two years. And as a kid, I was terrible. Never scored a goal. I'm now yeah. coached 12 years. Um uh, and I uh, am playing this at you know, AYSO Adult League. Now I've become you know, I have yeah, you know, I've become a fan of the game. I just don't have the bandwidth to do it right, but yeah. uh because you can only you know, have so many hours in the day to watch and talk exactly. and write about. But I do play a little bit of fantasy here and there, but not too much fantasy side. It, it's but, fun, it's fun. Yeah. I think
3: it's one of those. I know it's not a DFS show, but it's one of those that's growing in that avenue. Um, oh, yeah. I'm not a, I can't consult anybody on that one, but uh it's definitely one that's slowly growing more and more as people are getting accustomed to the game.
2: Yeah. I'd highly recommend people go to rotowire.com slash try yeah. to check out all of our soccer coverage. Andrew, uh, Andrew Lair does great work for us there and really yeah. building up our coverage. He's also a great human being too. So check out check that out when you get a chance. Um, we'll move on from uh second draft, uh, second chance drafts. I know you're going to, hopefully you guys can check that out though. Go to uh, NFBC, play uh, highly recommend it. They got an overall contest, kind of like the online championship in certain t- cer- terms of format. Uh, but uh, instead, we're going to move on to Giants talk. Uh, and guys, fire away with your Giants questions now. We, you know, Bubba is great, and you can you can listen to Bubba talk about them and uh, bench with Bubba. You can catch him on a lot of different things. I want to kind of give him proper uh, tout for this. He work, He writes at Fantasy D-Gens, at Rotoballer. You do the DFS stuff for Rotoballer, right? Yep. Yep. Monday through Friday, at wrote ball. baller. Yep. You always, uh, you do a lot of stuff, Coke stuff with uh, uh bat flip, crazy Toby. Yep. Um, you, you do a lot of the endless league podcasts. You're doing them with Bogman and night. Good people. Yep. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure to introduce myself to him again at, at first pitch Arizona <laughs> uh, in the fall. If we have first pitch Arizona, I hope crossing we do fingers there, yep. uh, but hope, hopefully we will get him there. But uh, yeah, how do you manage? I, I will talk giants in a second, but how are you managing all your time here?
3: Now, there's six months out of the year that sleep is a secondary option. That's okay. kind of where, you know, um, I get, you know, five hours or so, five, six hours a day. So I'm still fine, but it's basically scheduling things out, making sure I'm up a little before the baby gets up to finish things up in the morning. Mm-hmm. And once she goes down at night, that's podcast central time. And I squeeze in stuff during the day always. So it's just a, a balancing act, but as long as I can schedule things out, life is not too bad.
2: That's good. That's good. So you're a big time Giants fan. They're having a, a good season, really fun season. You got front f- smart front office. Uh, life is pretty good right now, huh?
3: Life is very good right now. I actually saw a tweet come out on Thursday that the top three records in all of baseball are the Dodgers, Padres, and Giants. So go yeah, figure that one. Um, it's it, the, the bad thing is is the owners are too stingy and too greedy at the same time that we don't have extended playoffs. So only two of those teams get in, so that's a, that's a shame as well. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm a big big I'm big big happy with what's going on right now. I talked to Scott Jinstead about it the other day that they're surprising me. I'm, I'm enjoying it while I can. I'm fully understanding the Dodgers will win the division. I know that for a fact, so yeah. just keep running with that one. But I am enjoying it while I they can. They're about a year to two years ahead of schedule from what I thought. So, hey, they're doing it. Um, Farhan is a genius, and I knew he would be from what he's done elsewhere, but he's building something kind of fun if you actually sit back and peel back the layers a little bit.
2: Yeah, and the funny, funny thing is you have lots of prospects in the farm system really mm-hmm. st- starting to stock up. And probably won't see too many of them this year, but they're coming. They're coming.
3: Finally, have finally have a bunch of prospects, which is nice. And um, also, after this year, we take about a hundred million off the salary cap, and next Mm -hmm. year about another forty to fifty million. And so you're gonna have prospects and a lot of money to spend. We know how that recipe usually turns out. So I'm hoping for good things.
2: Yep. Yep. Well, is some of that money gonna go to Kevin Kevin Gossman? He is an ace. He he accepted the qualifying offer and. That's turned out to be genius for the Giants, actually. And actually, probably for Gossman, too. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's setting him up for a big free agent season coming up here. Is he an ace now? Win the second round in this second-chance draft last night.
3: First, I will fully apologize. I was uh, Fade the Gossman chalk chain this year because he was just climbing through the the ADP. So I'll apologize there. But he's awesome. Like He is ace material. We saw it again last night when he didn't have his best stuff against the Diamondbacks. He still went, I think he finished seven innings in that game. He was yeah. outstanding. He's been good all season, but one start. I think if depends on how – like, he's not the big three ace, but he's that next tier of ace. I'll be good with that. And he's going to make a lot of money, uh, hopefully, if, these, uh, if the strike does not happen. So um, I'm a big, big Gossman believer now. I would love to see some of that go to um, stay in San Francisco. But the thing with Farhan is he's shown his hand already. He's not going to overpay for, like, older players. So we'll have to see where Gossman lands on that one.
2: Yeah, and, and that's been one of the problems for the Giants in the past is getting sentimental, committing yep. to players past their prime. You know, hey, we owe it to them to try to win again. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not—it's a problem, and it's not a problem in a way. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like I'm—I was on board with it. Hey, they've won three titles. Give them yep. a chance to go for another one. There, they've kind of earned it. Your fans have kind of earned it. It is it. It's—it's I, I, it's one thing. It's not that they're trying to do it to be stingy mm-hmm. and you know, you know to, to to turn it over. They were just actually trying to win. So I get it. Uh, but they're, they're going to have some tough calls, whether it's Crawford, uh, you know, what to do with Bell, what to do with Posey in the long run. They're, these decisions are all going to be sneaking up on them.
3: Yeah, big time. It's like Posey's going to have to just go play first base because they got so many catching prospects in the system already. So that's that's a tough question. It's it's going to be, you know, fans weren't happy when Bumgarner left. I actually was. I was on board with like, hey, he's thrown. There's been a lot of bullets thrown on that gun. So like, just move on from that one. But some of these bats and it doesn't help that they're hitting this year. Like if they're, you know, 10 years ago. So, um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens there.
2: Yeah. Well, and so let's talk about a couple of those bats, uh, Posey Crawford, uh, Crawford batting third and doing all sorts of crazy things. This is a walk year for him. And, you know, he's a little salty that he's not being mentioned in this uh, Mm -hmm. shortstop class with the other guys and good, you know, obviously for good reason, he hasn't been mentioned in that
3: class, but he is having an incredible season. He's having a great season. And the one thing, like I've talked about it on my show before is I'm a believer, but it's like not talked about why the, the changes he's made at the plate, he's changed his stance around. He's okay. opened up. So his hips open up more and you know, it's Crawford. So he doesn't get talked about a lot. So it's not like people are diving into it and spreading the news, but that's where the powers come from. Uh, he's straight up. He's bought into the launch angle revolution. He's changed his stance and he's mm-hmm. hitting with power again. The hard hit rate's great. Um, he's more than just a bad average guy batting seventh or eighth. So not saying he's going to hit 40 home runs but I think he's a legit maybe get you close to 20 home run guy and if he can do that with that gold glove defense which he still has he's going to make some money next year I don't know how much but he's he's going to be pretty darn good for the rest of this year I think
2: yeah I think so too and I think I even saw him available in some leagues uh which is just in, in the FPC no less uh That's crazy 95% owned in the RotoWire online championship so Pretty close to universally owned, but not there. He's not universally started either, only 82% started.
3: Hmm. Yeah, that's one of those that, you know, he's very, very viable, especially like you're talking about the 12 team roto wires, 15s, he better be on everywhere. But uh, he's very viable because not just the outfields shrinking up, you're running yeah. out a lot of Crawfords, Freddie Galvices, Jose Iglesias is right now at middle infield. I think Crawford's better than those guys, and you're seeing those guys rostered everywhere. So if he's available in your league, I, I'd be snooping him up while you can because yeah. he's gonna be he's gonna be gone quickly. He's not gonna stop hitting. I know that much.
2: Yeah, I, and it's just I think it's a matter of health too. And just yeah, and he's gonna play every him day
3: him. with that glove. Yeah. So go with that too.
2: Speaking of uh, matter of health, Buster Posey takes a year off. You know, it seems like he needed that year off mm-hmm. just to let the body recuperate. And boy, has he come out looking
3: great that so far. Can he maintain
2: through the course of a 162 game season though?
3: That's the big question, but what I like what they're doing with him so far. I don't think he has caught – I've been trying to keep track. I haven't focused this week, but he hasn't caught more than two games in a row. They're giving him off days. They're like they're, it's almost like NBA load management with him. So He's getting taken care of in that respect. He might get to go play some first base now with Belton Ruff getting hurt. That mm-hmm. can be something to also loosen him up. And that year off is huge. You see the beating these catchers take. And, you know, every year we, we play fantasy, Jeff, and, you know, you have all these catchers start out in April hitting the baseball. By the end of the year, there's like one that's still hitting the baseball because they're yeah. just getting beat down over and over again. That's what makes Yadi Molina so impressive. Like, he just keeps doing it. But um, Posey, there was so many innings on those knees that it was just a matter of time. So the year off was great. They're babying them this year, which is good. I am, I, I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing. I still am skeptical because if you even look from his April to May, just overall quality of contact, it's still good, but it's slowly going down. So it's something to monitor. Like he might be more the guy we thought pretty soon than what he was, but it's good to see him back a little bit.
2: Yeah. It's almost impossible to sell high on him though, because no, yeah, no one's buying it. <laughs> you know, first of all, FPC you can't trade. Secondly, in other leagues, you know, what are you going to get back? That's the other thing. You know, you, you have to fill that catcher spot. It's really hard to sell high on a catcher unless you're going to like say, you know, Okay, I've got Real Muto on the IL. You're not going to offer a Posey for him, and you know, get that straight up. I mean, no one's going to do
3: that. Yeah, that's that's the tricky part. Like, no one's no one's trading catchers. No one's trading like you know, back in second base. But it's kind of the same thing. It's like right. going to football. You're not trading your kickers, so it's yeah. just the way it's going to go. You're just, you'd rather go grab a a guy on the waiver wire for a little bit to fill that void than than trade for Posey.
2: Uh, Rogers got the save last night over McGee. McGee pitched the eighth. He's gotten more of the saves, but not all of them. Uh, is this what we can expect going forward?
3: Yeah, the, I've been saying it, it feels like it's like 60 40 Rogers McGee. They're going yeah. to, Capler is a, as much as I give him a hard time because he does a lot of weird things, he's, he's analytically smart. I'll give him that much. So he will play the matchups more often than not. And if you look at a lineup more often than not, um, that's going to favor a lot of right handed pitching late in the ninth more often yeah. than not. So um, Rogers will get it done. And the good thing with Rodgers is if you're in a strikeout league, he's no good for you. But, he keeps the ball on the ground. So if there's a multiple run lead that he has to save for, you need like five or six singles to make it happen. Last night, the D backs got three singles, still didn't score a run, and he got out of it. So that's the beautiful thing with him, unlike McGee, who will go up the long ball from time to time.
2: Yeah. And he'll walk a little bit more, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the thing is, McGee hasn't been the same since he had the reaction to the vaccine. And you remember he had that, you know, he got, gave up, uh, blew a save in Tampa. And then the next night he was scratched uh, because he was he was put on the COVID IL for a day or two. Uh, and ever since then, he's had some good outings in there, but he's that's, that is that is kind of like the turning point for him. I, I know this kind of because I have him in the main and it's been kind of excruciating lately. And because I have like a half a closer, I have him and I have Hansel Robles, a stashed away Amir Garrett. It's hard to find closers right now.
3: It's tough. It's tough. And it's still changed. It hasn't been as dramatic the last few weeks, but there's still a lot of moving parts. Like now you have Estevez in Colorado might have a chance to get saved. Like there's so many that you kind of want to throw feelers out for, but you're also waiting to, like with, with cautious optimism, basically. Yeah, that's right. That
2: That's right. And, you know, so many more teams that are managing uh, committee wise too. That makes it
3: especially more, uh, especially difficult. If you get a and you just hang on for dear life. Yeah, it's a smart it's a smart strategy for the game, but for their team, for real life mm-hmm. baseball, makes a ton of sense. But it doesn't make us happy. So not at all. It's, it's one of those deals. Not at all.
2: Uh, player question from uh, the audience: S. Pickle asks, uh, expect improvement from Yaz. Statcast looks fine. Excellent velo is up. Better things on the horizon.
3: Definitely. Um, he hit a nice double last night. He is improving, like you said. The numbers are coming up. He was injured. He had a wrist injury mm-hmm. that he got hit on the the wrist late in spring training, and he re-aggravated it early in April. Um, and they actually sat him down for a while. So he looks healthier and healthier. I, as, as long as that wrist injury doesn't act up again, I think he, he's good for you know, the normal Yaz you'd expect. He was going a little higher than I thought in a lot of drafts because people were really high on Yaz. He's a good ball player, but let's also hone it back just a little bit.
2: I agree. I, I think I, I'm with you on that. I have a lot of Yaz. I, I'm a fan of him, fan of the uh, the band Yaz. And, you know, <laughs> the yeah, yeah, Yaz. Yes. Uh <laughs> I like them all. But uh, we'll see uh, if they come around. Uh, what are the Giants going to do this summer? Are they going to make any go for it trades? Is it just one of those? Okay, we're going to stick to our plan, and we got our young guys coming. We don't want to mortgage the future. How do they handle this?
3: It feels like it's we're going to stick to our plan because it's Farhan. That's just what he does. He's mm-hmm. one of those guys that you know walked in and probably put a seven year plan on the table and said, "This is what we're doing." We're overperforming, yes, but you know how that goes in life, even in business. Don't ruin what you're set it up for just because you're overperforming here. And so part of me wants them to stick to the plan. Like if you can trade a McGee and get something good back or something like that, do it. There's also the fan part of me going, oh, this is great. Um, It's one of those I've I've told a few people. I think they're just going to lead me on just enough to get my hopes really high to like shut me down in September like they've done before. And you have the Padres and the Dodgers taking the two postseason bursts out of the West. That's the problem. It's not like they're in the East or something where it's going to be maybe easier to get in. You have to take down the Dodgers and or the Padres, which is going to be extremely difficult throughout a 162-game season.
2: Well, the, you might play, get into the one-game uh, wild-card playoff right now. That's the way – at least if the season stopped today, that's the way it would be. It would be Dodgers versus the Giants for one game to face um, – the, and then they'd face the Padres in the next round. That's, that's the thing crazy. that really sucks yeah. is – you know. Yeah, we're we're talking about this when the the Dodgers and Padres played those epic seven mm-hmm. games earlier this season. Is man, this is awesome! Can't wait to see this in the NLCS. I got news for you: you're not going to see it in the NLCS yeah. unless someone in the East or Central gets on fire and gets the number one seed. Yep. It's going to be one versus four. They're going to be the wild card versus the division champ, no matter what the records are.
3: And uh, that sucks because we sh- it needs to be those two so bad.
2: <laughs> it does. It does. And so, yeah, I, I think it's going to be. That's what we're going to get, and. It, or the Giants now in the in the in in that mix too. Uh, who can we see get called up this year from the Giants?
3: I would love to see Helio Ramos get called up. I think it'll take a few more injuries for that to happen, but he's already hitting the ball. He hit it all spring, and he's hitting still down mm-hmm. the minors. He's looked great. He's as advertised right now. You might get some more Joey Bart. That's definitely an option. We've seen that before. I think he's still very good. It's the whole thing we kind of talked about with other guys, like with Clint Frazier. These young players just need to play. Like, you need to play the young players, otherwise keep them in the minors. That's the thing with him. So I don't know if we'll see a ton, really. I think if they're out of it come September, you might see a few more. But it's kind of stick to the script. A lot of their major prospects are double A and below. Like, down the road from me in San Jose, There's it's the low A team now. They mm-hmm. have three or four. They're just absolute studs down there right now Luciano and company. They're a few years away. So I, maybe Ramos.
2: Yeah, so, you know, before, you know, Bart left with a groin injury uh, earlier this week was the 21st. It was last Friday, actually, um, where he left. But before that, he was hitting 351. Mm-hmm. The thing is, there was some buzz that you know, he was kind of losing favor with the Giants. They went and drafted another catcher early last year. Uh, now, I, and the thing is, part of me is like, slow down. Players struggle sometimes. and Anyhow, and catchers especially so
3: especially catchers. We know catchers get injured probably more than any other position in baseball. So called depth is not a bad thing. Right. I used to be, I used to have the same concern when they first took Posey because every draft after that, it seemed like they took one or two catchers all the time, high, high in the draft. That's just what they did because I guess in, in the grand scheme of things, you know, you have a coach like Bochy who was a former catcher, you know, how valuable a good game caller is going to be. So you can move Posey to first base. You can move Bart to first base. These guys are movable. The bat plays the bat plays. So they'll find a place for them. I think it's just you know the old philosophy is get somebody that that's going to be able to get the job done. The new kid they drafted last year, if, somewhere on Twitter I saw last night, he threw out four or five runners at high A, like he's looking good. But he's high A and Barts in Triple A, and Posey's yeah. going to maybe be off the Giants next year, so it's really no concern.
2: Okay,
3: very good. Thanks How about on the pitching?
2: <laughs> How about on the pitching side of things? Uh, I mean, they, they they've had wonderful starting pitching so far. Uh, it's not just Gossman, you know, Alex Wood, you know, when healthy has been great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, d- disco Fever was great until the Dodger game uh, last weekend, but uh, I, I think he's been pretty solid. Cueto struggled early yesterday and then really stabilized. Of course, he he's very fragile right now. Yeah, you know, there, There's some fragility in this, uh, even though they've had such great starts. Is there someone else that could be on the horizon that could uh, step into this rotation over the second half?
3: Not that I've seen yet. There's a couple like um, we might get Tyler Beatty back, which mm-hmm. is big, and they said he will be a starter when he returns. So he's okay. supposed to be back in another month or so, give or take. So that's someone to keep in mind. Um, there's a few guys that are pitching well in the minors, but I, I don't know if it, they kind of came out of nowhere thing. So we'll wait and see on that one, see okay. how that pans out. I am concerned, though, because the pitching has been out of this world good. But we already saw Webb go down and they bring Casimir up and Scott Casimir. No offense to Scott Casimir, but he's Scott Casimir. Up and, and coming, um,
2: Scott Casmere. Yeah,
3: exactly. Like this is I remember when the, that was the actual devil raise with those other logos. So um it, it's yeah. it's been a while. The pitching's good, but I'm waiting, like you said, would went healthy? Like when's the IL stint coming? Stuff like that. So it's it's concerning still to that
2: point. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, all right, did I have any other qu- yeah? I guess that pretty much sums up Giants. Anything else you wanted to add about the Giants before we move on to you?
3: no i'm just enjoying it and if anybody sees me tweet things that looks uh rude or something to dodgers fans the dodgers fans i have know how sarcastic i'm being so just realize that it's all in just fun because it's a fun rivalry that's actually brewing again thanks to trevor bauer so that's pretty fun oh he's
2: you know what i i, I like that it that he has been that he's the heel i do yes. like that yeah uh, there's things he's, i don't like about him yep there's a lot of things I do like about them. Exactly.
3: So There's I'm a sure. lot of good with the bad, unfortunately. It's kind of like the Bryson DeChambeau of baseball.
2: Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. It's like the DFS Twitter of baseball, I believe. Yes, I think I made a comparison true. last year. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, it is a lot of fun. Um, you've got a lot going on. Today alone, you had this. You've got your own podcast. Uh, you, you're doing that uh, with uh, Mike Carter, so mm-hmm. that should be fun. You got In This League with uh, Bogman, and then you're doing Quick Hits. I know mm. you also do a lot of you know, writing, DFS writing for Rotoballer, uh, for Fantasy D-Gens. Um, managing it has got to be difficult just you know, doing all these various institutions. I know we're glad that we're in demand, but yep. how do you stay on top of everything?
3: It's tricky, but it's one of those things I've said, um, it's, it's tricky. And time management, uh-huh. it's key. Scheduling things out is very key. Um, keeping the, the family at home happy is very key. But um, and also, it's like on the weekends. I, I'm in group chats trying to help subscribers to stuff, and I pretty much tell them the weekends of my time to, to deep like just decompress. So um, I kind of go do my thing. I'll do my fabbing and stuff, but I'm not hardcore into any content creation at that point in time. And then the DFS, I love it because um, I've said it. I know Vlad has said it, and other people have said it. It makes me a better season long player because you're you're seeing things that. You know, not everybody sees when you don't check in until Friday and see like, oh, this guy's been hitting good or whatever because you're not – you're just watching the games, you're enjoying the games, but when you're doing a day-to-day thing and seeing, okay, this guy's actually hit good for like four games, why? Oh, well, this has gone better and this has gone better and maybe I can get him this week for a discount instead of next week when he continues to stay hot. Stuff along those lines. It goes a long, long ways. Plus, you know, especially in NFPC doing the the biweekly lineup changes, you know ahead of time the better matchups. Not – most NFPC players are smart enough to know the matchups, don't get me wrong – but you have that like just built-in kind of programming at this point in time to go, I want to target these guys now. Yep.
2: Yep. Uh, Absolutely right. You know when guys are batting second, third in the order, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. You know the splits better, so you learn to look ahead a little bit. Oh, they're facing three lefties this week. Okay. Mm -hmm. Giddy up. Let's go. Uh, Things like that. Or or run away, as the case may (laughs) be. Exactly. Uh, So you've got that going for you. How many
3: leagues are you in? All right. Um, actually, fab type leagues. I know I'm on four on the NFPC, and I'm in Barf, mm-hmm. and I want to say about eight or nine, give or take. Eight. I'm not. I'm not in your level, but like eight or nine.
2: Yeah, well, you're not as ins- not as insane committed as I am, but that, that's probably smart. Uh, you joined Tout Wars this year. Which which Tout yeah. league are you in?
3: I'm in the new Tout league, the um, innings pitched instead of wins and saves uh-huh. holds league. How's that going? Awesome. It's a great experience. Uh, the season has been a little rough. I was doing very, very well, and then literally my entire bench went on the IL, which is fine, mm-hmm. but this is the difference between like the argument people have for an FPC should you have an IL spot, but the problem is when you have IL spots, that means more guys are off the waiver wire, like yes. we have out, so it's even more slim pickings, so that makes things tricky. Um, my guys are slowly getting healthy, so I'm back moving up the stands. I literally went from like third to 11th, and now I'm back up to like seventh. So it's just it's a grind. It's a very, very good. But I love it. It's a cool new format uh, to kind of game plan for and and mix and match things for. And it's just uh, it's a cool competition. And I I still thank guys like yourself and others for giving me the chance to do that, because it's one of those bucket list type things when you kind of start out doing all this stuff. And it's 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 pretty cool to uh, say I'm in Telt Wars.
2: Of course. And we're happy to have you. Uh, And we created this league in part because, A, we wanted to try the new categories, and B, we had to find a way to get more people involved. You know we're very loath to kick people out, you know, <laughs> that's been vetted on Twitter a little bit, but so be it. Uh, you know and there there's mo- many reasons. A lot of times people do stuff behind the scenes for a tout or for the community as a whole. Mm-hmm. And so we like we can't do that, but you know th- yet it's such a big lead. you know it's such a big community now. There's more and more people doing great stuff. We need to create more op- options, more openings. I mean, Justin does a great job with TGFBI. The fact is yep. that that's opened up to a ton of people that I I, I met you, I think, through TGF.
3: We were in the very first year together. That's how yeah. we got to know each other. And so that yeah. was, yeah, it's a great, he's, he's done tremendous things. I've told him many times. He got me into barf where I got to meet Laura Michaels before he unfortunately passed away. I drafted with him one year. I how I got to meet mm-hmm. a lot of people there before I pretty much when I kind of started out. So Justin's, I've told him I owe him like everything pretty much.
2: Yeah. Justin's, Justin's amazing. And you know, I love people that just do a ton of good. Don't expect much back. Uh, That's one thing I like a lot about that. Uh, Okay. So, and we talked about uh, you doing a lot of DFS writing. What type of games do you like to play for DFS? What, what's your, your, your wheelhouse, if you will.
3: Uh, single entry or three entry max type stuff I, i'm not a multi-entry type guy every mm-hmm. once in a while if I, I if i'm feeling itchy i'll go and get in one but for the most part i keep it simple i'm not a high stakes player by any means i have a lot of other bills to pay so i'm not going to go out there and just start mortgaging the farm but i'll play like in the three dollars and five dollars stuff like that once in a while jump up to the twelves or 20s but nothing crazy and um, i like the single entry and just three entry max and try to be a little contrarian and we kind of talk about all that in my shows on on angles for each slate on how to break it down and be a little different, as I like to say.
2: Yeah, well, I had Brock on earlier, and he was saying the same thing. That He loves doing the single entries, too. In fact that the uh, you get less of a rake on those than you do on uh, head-to-heads and other cash games, which is interesting. It didn't used to be the case, but no. sneakily, those have kind of been ratcheted up a little
3: yeah definitely used to cash game used to be the way to, to live on the streets and sometimes it is if you're good at it and i know some people that are and i, I like to dabble in it once in a while depending on the slate but mm-hmm. at the same time it's uh like brock mentioned you have to be very very good to uh, keep churning profit there
2: yeah um so th- th- that's a good point um so what do you got going you know what are you talking about on your show today and you, you got mike carter what are you guys going to cover
3: uh, every Thursday it's a recent news deal and then he does a lot of bullpen work so I'll, I'll hit up on some of the new bullpen questions like the Rockies and some other ones and then um, we're going to go into this second uh, half draft the Memorial Day drafts and kind of discuss uh, some things we mentioned here and just kind of guys that stood out that went high went low and just kind of a little philosophy as the drafts are going to really kick up in the next few days as we hit Memorial Day so just a little bit of this and that uh, smorgasbord fantasy fun.
2: Fantastic. We'll close with a question on uh, Twitter. We had uh, someone uh, uh, ask us about, uh, I think Eric Lee was asking about Manny Margot. Wanted to get your take on him and what he's done so far this year.
3: I'm a big Manny Margot fan for a few reasons. He, he's he got 15-15 upside, potentially get hit in the 20s if you're, if you're feeling it, but he's mm-hmm. sneaky good in that regard. And he hits cleanup. And I know yeah. it's the Rays. I know it can be frustrating, but it is a good offense. They're just in a cold spot right now, but he's actually still hitting, which is very good. And um, uh, as long as we're going to keep pumping him out there, clean up. And he's also, unlike years past, he's not platooning. He's playing versus righties and lefties. So yeah. I'm a big fan of Manny Margot. He was free in drafts. He's still on a lot of waiver wire um, waiver wires. I've written him up a few times in the last month in waiver wire articles. Like, he's he's a very good guy that I'd have rostered in a lot of places.
2: Yeah, uh, I like it. You know, like you said, batting in the middle of that order. And that order is going to get even better over time when they call up uh, Wander Franco. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they... Vidal Brujan, maybe coming up fairly soon behind that, or maybe at the same time. I mean, it's just, it's just doing race things. Again, they're doing their thing and figuring out things to make it work. Uh, I want to thank everybody for all the questions. Uh, Thanks for listening to us. Uh, Uh, Comments from Jason and Paul. Appreciate you guys. I see that in the comments too. Really appreciate that. Bubba, thank you for spending so much of your time. I know it's valuable and it's always a fun conversation with you. We'll do it again next year. Thanks for joining me today.
3: Always, always appreciate it. Always fun chatting with you. Always uh, good talking to the Road wire family, so I appreciate it. You bet. That's Bubba with Bench with Bubba.
2: Check him out. Follow him on Twitter, at Casey Bubba. Uh, coming up, we've got uh, Clay and Todd tomorrow, 2 start starters. Thanks again for listening. Please uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're watching on YouTube or you know, wherever your podcasts are, and please rate and review us. We do really appreciate it. Good luck in your leagues this week. Good luck in your fabs this weekend. Take care.